Speed Cafe newscast. Your host, Mark Fogarty. Coming up, more parody angst as Ford issues final warning. Bathurst beatdown, SVG's mountain masterclass. It's all straight ahead on Speed Cafe newscast. Hi there, race fans. I'm Mark Fogarty, and here's what's happening. After the calm, the storm. Ford and the Mustang teams bit their tongues over the Bathurst 1000 weekend, but now the parody push is back on. In the aftermath of the Bathurst 1000, won easily by Chevrolet, Ford figures renewed their outrage over the Mustang's performance disadvantage. A cleverly crafted third place for DJR's Anton Di Pasquale and Tony Delberto did nothing to assuage Blue Oval concerns, nor did Mustangs finishing third through sixth. The Fords never contended for victory, with the leading Camaros in a class of their own. Despite late race problems, Triple Eight's Shane Van Gisbergen and Richie Stanaway won easily from also hampered Erebus duo Brody Kostecki and David Russell. Chevy's dominant 1-2 result reopened the Ford parity wound, suffered on the very eve of the Bathurst 1000 when an aero adjustment for the Mustang was rejected. Ahead of the Gold Coast 500 in a couple of weeks, pressure on supercars to act is further increased by the parity review threshold having been triggered at Mount Panorama. As Speed Cafe revealed, Ford teams claim data has confirmed the parity trigger was reached. As they await action from supercars, Ford Australia has cast new doubt on its commitment. Broad Meadows boss Andrew Burkick is now non-committal, refusing to reiterate his post-Sandown 500 pledge that the Blue Oval will continue its support in 2024. Burkick is demanding that supercars fix the performance disparity by next season. In effect, he's put supercars on notice to achieve parity with the planned wind tunnel and transient dyno tests in America during the off-season. Despite being proud of the Ford team's efforts in the Bathurst 1000, Burkick makes it clear that the company is still far from happy. Well, there's certainly a number of things that need to happen, right? And, and that is one of them. And we've been very, very clear about that. And, and, and I believe that will happen. So we're confident it needs to happen, um, but it's only one element, right? So there's a, there's a number of things that, that, that we believe it's appropriate and, and reasonable to address the parity gap. But again, let's get the data from this weekend. Um, you know, we'll work with the engineering team and the likes of Robbie Herod that, that does the engines. And then, you know, we'll, we will uh, we'll take stock um, and then we'll continue to talk to supercars. Berkick has also gone cool on Ford Australia's unequivocal commitment to supercars in 2024. Not speculating on anything, right? We will continue to, to focus on our teams, making sure we do the, the, the right thing with them. But also, you know, we certainly want some areas addressed. Well, that's interesting because at Sandown, you were very clear that Ford Australia was committed to supercars racing in 2024. Forgive me, but you're not so clear now. Well, we can we continue to to, as I said to you, we look at all we always look at our investments. We look where we spend our dollars, and we're always looking to race to win. 
So, you know, no, 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 nothing to speculate about the future other than we will continue to, to get better. And that's what I mentioned to you a few weeks ago, and that's what we'll continue to do. David Noble, Chief of Ford Homologation Team Dick Johnson Racing, is also demanding action. Although heartened by getting a car on the podium, Noble is adamant the Mustang needs a boost to contend for race wins. Yeah, look, for maybe in some circles, um, but I think if you look back at uh, our strategy for Townsville, you know, I think our guys did an, an outstanding job today on strategy. Um, you know, the way we fueled the car, tied the car, the driver changes, you know, we sort of split them a little bit differently um, based on where they, you know, started the race. And yeah, overall, it was just a great team effort. I said unexpected because of the concerns, the parity concerns coming into the event. You weren't quite sure and still seems to be lacking some performance. Yeah, look, I, there's still work to do, isn't there? It's a, you know, look, unfortunately, it's a, it's a complicated issue and there's no easy solution to it. So we've just got to keep working with, you know, with all the teams, you know, from I think the communication that we sort of started this week, we've just got to keep working with all the teams to try to keep that level of engagement high to, to continue to get, you know, closer and closer and closer as we can. Speaking to Speed Cafe newscast after the race, Noble wasn't sure if the Fords would get any relief for the Gold Coast or even Adelaide. No, not at the moment. No, I think you know once we, I think once we, we landed that statement. You know, there's a there's a respect for the race. You know that that we wanted to make sure that that was the way that it needed to go, and and so we needed the race to unfold as it did. And then you know, I guess we'll. We'll analyse the data, we'll look at all the different points over the next sort of couple of days and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. But look, yeah, there's still more conversations to be had, obviously. Um, you know, there's, there's a line around what we've got to look at towards next year as well. You know, so yeah, everyone's going to be busy trying to work towards finishing the year in the manner that they like and, you know, with an eye on what's happening with 24. Any feeling, suggestion that maybe the parity trigger was triggered here? I don't know. I, I, I certainly think, don't think we tracked it that closely today. I don't know. And look, I haven't had a debrief with the guys as yet, so I'm really unsure as to where that sits. And the big discussion that's been leading up to all this is the need for wind tunnel testing to finally get the aero locked in. I understand it's happening off in the States. Is that your understanding that in the off season there'll be wind tunnel testing of the cars in America? Yeah, look, I think there's been a recognition that there's some new tools that are needed. Um, and to supercars credits, I believe there's a budget that's been put aside. So that's great news. You know, that sort of has been in the building for them, you know, to get a board approval. So that's that's great news that, you know, we'll be able to get that and, and hopefully that helps alleviate some of the the discussion and the dialogue and the debate around, you know, where the two cars sit. It's understood that DJR's own data subsequently confirmed a parity review has been triggered. For the wind tunnel testing in America, the plan is to use the DJR and 888 wildcard cars as real-life examples to finally nail down this aero parity and get things moving for next year. Transient dyno engine tests are also scheduled to be conducted in the States. Meanwhile, Walkinshaw Andretti United was again strong at the mountain, with Chas Mostert and Lee Holdsworth finishing fourth in their Mustang. But Mostert made it clear that it was teamwork rather than speed that achieved the surprise result. 
Uh, yeah, uh, if you told me the start of the race that we could get a top five or finish fourth, um, I would have bought it, to be honest, or stole it. So, uh, yeah, look, the, the, the guys and the team did a, a flawless effort. I mean, I've never been a part of a race where there hasn't been one thing gone wrong out there, you know. So um, all the stops, driver changes, everything was, you know, to a T. So, um, yeah, it's so good to see each year the boys really and the girls step up up, up and up. So, um, yeah, gutted not to get a trophy, but I think we can be pretty proud of coming forth today um, with everything that's going on. And given the parity concerns coming into this race, a slight surprise to get fourth? Uh, folks, the team got us fourth today, so they did a fantastic job, but, um, yeah, the, the cars look good. Look good, but... There's, there's still an issue, isn't there? Yeah, I'm, I'm not smart enough to really answer that one, folks, so I'll leave that up to the engineers. Mm -hmm. but you can see from the driver's seat, just not fast enough over, over a race. Well, yeah, I mean, well, we weren't today, so that's the thing. So, um, yeah, we we still got to keep working away. You know, that through the weekend, we probably weren't the fastest um, Ford, so we've got plenty of things to still focus on. The Ford descent continued at Tickford Racing dragging sixth place for James Courtney and Zach Best out of a horror weekend. According to team boss Tim Edwards, it was a reasonable result in what was always going to be a lopsided contest. Oh, look, we, we don't come here to finish sixth, you know, we come here to win the race. So it was a reasonable result and, and, and uh, JC and Zach did a commendable job considering that they... Um, they had limited power assistance from the steering from lap 10, so they did 151 laps with, uh, with uh, an inconsistent power steering. So they did well to, to maintain the lap times that they did. So, look, as you say, it was, a, it was a reasonable result, but certainly not a good or a great result. OK, so Mustangs, third through sixth. Pretty strong showing, does it in any way allay any of the concerns about parity coming into this event? Well, third through six, I mean, that's just sporting parity. I don't know why you would even suggest that. If anyone had half a brain, just look at the top ten shootout from yesterday and just look at the two straights from the top ten shootout because that's the only clean data you get from the weekend. Anyone else who mentioned on the commentary that there was great, you know, straight line speed, etc., they're just literally, that's just sporting parity and just individual opinions. Just anyone who's got the time, just look at the top ten results Look at, look at the shootout results because it's the only clean data you get from the weekend because they're all in the same tyres, same fuel load, same drag because there's no, there's, no, um, um, there's no toes. So that, that's all anyone needs to look at. So. And that data, data says, well, particularly on the straights here, is it two to three kilometres per hour deficit? I'll let you work it out. You can look at it yourself and make your own informed judgement. Edwards professed to be in the dark about any imminent parity adjustment which he claims some Camaro team support. You know, the data's all there. It's been there for ages. There's, I don't think there's any ambiguity or any, you know, I don't think there's any alt, um, there's any opinions other than there's a disparity there. I mean, everybody knows it. You know, there's, there's GM teams lobbying on behalf of Ford teams that the, the change needs to be made. So it's... You well, know. not so much coming into this weekend, they weren't. Well, that's incorrect. Really? During the course of this weekend, there's been GM teams lobbying for it as well. So it, there's no... I mean, anyone who says there isn't a difference is just absolutely barefaced lying. But anyway, that, that's, that's by the by. At the end, I mean, but, but when does something get done or is it... It's well, over uh, for this year, is it? But uh, that's, that's not a question for me because I have no influence over that, Mark. You get the feedback. 
it, it, that is totally up to the modulation team and ultimately it's up to supercars to determine that sort of stuff and obviously if a parity trigger happened today and I don't know that one one did or not because I haven't done the calculations but um, if a parity trigger happened today well that would be the fifth trigger and then a change will happen so but you know you'd need to go and ask somebody who does the calcs as to whether we triggered it or not today and so the parity war has resumed in earnest after a brief ceasefire during the 60th anniversary Bathurst 1000. More after this short break. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuels. And with the new Bowsers at Queensland Raceway, it's never been easier to source your racing fuel trackside. Elf Race 102 is imported racing fuel direct from Europe. Offering power and protection, the Elf Race 102 is a popular fuel with racers seeking gains over pump fuel. Improve your lap times with Elf Race 102. www.racefuels.com.au All your fuel at the racetrack. You're listening to the Speed Cafe Newscast. Welcome back. Ford's post-race parity complaints took some of the shine off Shane Van Gisbergen's third Bathurst 1000 victory. Any doubts about NASCAR-bound SVG's commitment were firmly dispelled by his commanding race performance, ably supported by Richie Stanaway. Afterwards, SVG explained that he had to nurse the surviving Triple Eight Camaro home. Yeah, it's weird, like you're driving around doing eights at the start of the stint where you could be doing sixes, like it's... um. Yeah, this car's, you're just driving around at 60% really, the whole stint trying to manage the tyres and then hope you got something left at the end. So it's very different here, different to last few years where you just flat out like for the last 400Ks or something and I miss that feeling a little bit. But um, yeah, we're just cruising, trying not to drop into the marbles really. Was there a moment you were confident the wind was coming to you? No, I had so many problems with the car at the end, the rack, clutch... Um, the last set of brakes wasn't very good and then rubber kept falling out of the splitter. They kept saying they were pulling footballs out of the splitter every pit stop of rubber. And, um, but yeah, I had one five laps to go fall out at the cutting and it fell onto the right rear tyre and I had a big slide. So that wasn't very nice. But um, yeah, I just hoped the thing held together. And then obviously the teammates were having the gear shift issues. So I was trying to be nice where I could, but um, it is what it is. Van Gisbergen is now primed to make a late bid to snatch the championship from Brody Kostecki's grasp. So anything can happen. There's still there's only four races left or something, and obviously Brody's doing very well. He doesn't make many mistakes, and and as as you have to be a bad day, he's still he's still in the top five. So yeah, he's an awesome driver, and and you know their raw speed is definitely better than ours. Uh, our race pace is always pretty close, but um, yeah. Gold Coast is one of my better tracks and Adelaide is okay. So, yeah, hopefully we can put some pressure on them, but 150 points is still a lot. In fact, Kostecki's title lead is 131 points, so it could still be a fight to the finish. SVG also confirmed his focus next year will be on NASCAR, all but ruling out a return for the supercars and Juros. Yeah, like I like this place and love the series still. You know, I want it, want it to be successful. Um, but yeah, I don't have a schedule for next year yet. Um, I've said to Triple Eight, I will do the Enduros with them if it allows. But um, I want to be a Cup Series driver. So 
next year I'm going to fully immerse myself in NASCAR and Xfinity truck, some cup stuff. And yeah, I don't know what my schedule is, but if it allows, I'll come back here. But I want to be in the cup series. So I'm doing everything I can to, to get there. For his co-driver, Richie Stanaway, the win was a heartwarming story of redemption. Yeah, feeling pretty good. Um, yeah, it was a pretty pretty rough time, to be honest, when I stopped racing. So, uh, yeah, if you'd asked me a couple of years ago if I'd be here on the top step at Bathurst, it, I would have said it felt like a million miles away. So, yeah, it's pretty surreal to be back here. And, yeah, I was just very fortunate to, to get the opportunity to do that wild card last year. And, obviously, that led on to the drive here at uh, Red Bull Ample Racing, and then that's led led me back to racing full-time, so. Danaway's comeback as a co-driver with Triple Eight rekindled his desire ahead of his full-time return with Grove Racing next year. Yeah, I, I definitely felt like I'd made, made the right decision at the time. Like, I wasn't regretting it, and I was enjoying my time away, actually. But um, sort of just, yeah, had enough time um, between stopping racing and um, the wildcard opportunity to just be open to the idea of coming back. And then it's kind of just progressed from there, really. Um, yeah, doing the wildcard last year and, you know, sort of at the start of this year, I was still very unsure if, you know, I was just going to come back to co-drive and, and be around a little bit, but, but not full time. But then as the year progressed, I got more and more certain that, that I, uh, I wanted to come back racing full time. And uh, yeah, it's just been my experience here working at Triple Eight and it's given me confidence because yeah, the confidence was, was pretty low after 2018 and 2019. I just felt like I'd felt like I'd forgotten how to drive basically. And then, you know, now joining a great team like this and it's just given me a huge boost in my confidence again. So, um, yeah, that's why when the opportunity came came up to race it at Groves, I, I was certain that it was the right thing to do to come back. For pre-race pace setters Brody Kostecki and David Russell, their Erebus Camaro just didn't have the sustained speed to win. A strong second fulfilled Kostecki's worry that things had gone just too well in practice and qualifying. Wasn't the back of my mind a little bit. Yeah, we did have an awesome weekend, um, but I sort of knew um, around lap 70 or 80 when we didn't take uh, didn't take that safety car, and these guys got 13 seconds of fuel on us, and Richie was able to um, start only two or three places behind um, D Ross, so I knew it was going to be pretty hard from there on out. So, and these guys were um, you know pretty much class the field all day, and and um, you know were the fastest car in race trim. So, um, yeah, we still had to have a perfect race to beat those guys and they did an awesome job and, and uh, yes yeah, still a great weekend for the team and um, yeah we'll come back better next year hopefully was was it that you know that safety car stop where you didn't stop that made the difference I think D-Russ mentioned something about a tyre set that didn't feel quite right later in the race what was the difference between winning and losing today do you think yeah, I mean, I was I was never going to win the race from um, where I was, but yeah, the second last stop, I don't don't really know what happened. I put tyres on, I was flat out doing tens, felt like an absolute wobbler out there. So um, yeah, not really sure what happened, and then obviously we pitted again for the last stint, and was hoping for a safety car, and didn't want to use too much of my tyre, but yeah, car felt back to normal again. But yeah, I was a bit worried. Um, the second last stint, I thought the thing was falling apart, to be honest. Because Dickie knows he has to get back to winning races to stave off SVG's late title challenge.
back soon. Speedcafe.com, your number one source for all the latest motorsport news and features. Breaking news, live event updates, unprecedented global motorsport coverage, performance motoring news and reviews, all in the palm of your hand, anywhere, anytime. Speedcafe.com, first, fast and free. You're listening to the Speed Cafe Newscast. Oscar Piastri starred at the Qatar Grand Prix, winning the sprint before finishing second in the main race to newly crowned three times now Formula One world champion Max Verstappen. With more on that and her roundup of the rest of the weekend's racing, here's Jackie. More than 204,000 people attended the 60th anniversary of the Bathurst 1000, the third highest number in the event's history. Red Bull Ampol Racing Shane Van Gisbergen went back-to-back, sensationally winning his third Bathurst 1000 alongside fellow Kiwi Richie Stanaway. Van Gisbergen now joins Dick Johnson as a three-time Bathurst winner. An emotional Van Gisbergen said he will miss Bathurst when he moves to America next year, but insists he will be back to race around the mountain again in the future. Pole sitter Brody Kostecki was second with Erebus co-driver David Russell and Ford celebrated third place for Shelby Powers' Anton Di Pasquale and Tony D'Alberto. Supporting the supercars at the mountain was the Super 2 Series, where the wins were split between Aaron Love and Kai Allen. British guest driver Harry King dominated the painted Dixon Porsche Carrera Cup Australia Championship after a clean sweep of victories at Bathurst. Series returning Harry Jones was second ahead of Chris Vanderdrift, filling in for series leader Callum Hedge, who was competing in the US. In the Toyota Gazoo Racing Australia 86 Series, Ryan Kasher won two out of the three races at Mount Panorama to win the overall series for the year. Series runner-up Cody Bircher won Sunday's final race in a spectacular final lap battle with Kasher. And Aaron Borg and Ryle Harris left Bathurst with two wins apiece in the V8 Super Ute Series. To Formula One in Qatar, where Australia's Oscar Piastri scored his best Grand Prix result. The 22-year-old claimed his first F1 win in Saturday's sprint race, followed by Max Verstappen. In Sunday's race, Max Verstappen led the way to victory, followed by Oscar Piastri in second and McLaren teammate Lando Norris in third. The round saw Verstappen win the Formula One Drivers' Championship for a third year. However, the big story of the weekend was the extreme heat in Qatar that saw a number of drivers struggle. Logan Sargent was forced to retire after 40 laps, suffering severe dehydration. Esteban Ocon admitted to throwing up on laps 15 and 16. Lance Stroll exited his car and walked straight to the ambulance at the end of the race. And George Russell admitted to feeling so sick he asked his engineer to talk to him on his radio to take his mind. Offered. Drivers are now calling for the race to be rescheduled to a cooler time of the year in future. And the NASCAR Cup Series raced in Charlotte, where AJ Almendinger won after taking the lead on lap 77. Kyle Busch finished third, eliminating him from the playoffs. Also eliminated from the playoffs were Bubba Wallace, Brad Keselowski and Ross Chaston. This is Jackie Shivey for Speed Cafe. Thanks, Jackie. Speed Cafe's Formula One editor, Matt Koch, will have a full analysis of Oscar Piastri's latest breakthrough in the Fox Sports Pit Lane podcast on Tuesday. Well, that's it for now. After a huge weekend at the Bathurst 1000. I'll be back next week with the latest breaking news. 
In the meantime, for everything in motorsport around the world as it happens, go to speedcafe.com. And I'll be returning on Thursday with the Speed Cafe podcast. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to a Speed Cafe Pod Hub production. 